Welcome to Big Blend Radio's Wine Time with Peggy show, featuring Peggy Fiendaka, who along with her winemaker husband, Kurt Lawrence Dunham, owns and operates LDV Winery in Arizona. So everybody, this is very exciting. Nancy and I just drove from North Carolina to Southern Arizona, and uh, we're on our way to Tucson, but of course, we kept saying on Wine Time with Peggy shows that we're coming to visit, and we finally made it, mm-hmm. and we had to, right, Nancy? Because it's 15 it. years they are celebrating wow. of making some of the best wine on the planet, and um, we were here last night. We finally got to meet Kurt, yes, the man I'm here. behind the wine. I really exist. You do yeah. exist. <laughs> and by the way, he makes some killer brownies. Mm-hmm. Um, they are quite magical, aren't they? <laughs> Been told that before. Yes, yeah. they're magical, and um, he made a killer dinner um, with amazing pairings that with made really perfectly with the wine. Um, so we've been here overnight, and now we're in the actual winery itself. And Peggy is here. Yes. Of course, Peggy is here. It's of wine course. time with Peggy, and uh, we had an amazing drive in. So. Again, as we talk about on the shows, the actual tasting room is in Scottsdale, and it's busy. It's busy season. It is busy season. Finally, after a hot summer, it's cooling off, and the patio is calling a lot of people to come wine. Well, you know, while we've been here, you've had one phone call after the other. I'm going, Peggy, this is a little rude. Apparently, you're doing business, you know, Uh, charcuterie classes, groups. Yeah, um, we just had Halloween pumpkin painting on class, and we have cork crafting coming up and cork crafting cork crafting you can do wreaths or christmas trees or ornaments oh, cool. or bird houses whatever you nice. want with cork See, corks i thought nancy would just say cork it lisa you know yeah cork it <laughs> cork it <laughs> get corked but anyway no nothing stays corked around us for so long no. you know but no. but yeah it's, and do you have a lot of holiday events coming up we have a lot of holiday events and of mm-hmm. course scottsdale is all decked will be decked out for the holidays and they have a canal convergence coming up that in november this month and it's an art focused interactive art um event which is fabulous people need to visit sometime that's awesome and here being at the vineyard um we feel like we hit the jackpot Mm -hmm. we drove in um after a long drive through texas just saying we got here and we took a dirt road in through Fort Bowie National Monument. And Fort Bowie, history lovers, this is a must-go-to. It is one of the most important places in the desert southwest in regards to uh, the Indian-American Wars. Um, the Apache passes there. The Apache Wars happened. Geronimo got captured. It's, we're in the Cochise Stronghold. Uh, the Butterfield Stage Route goes through there. All at the same place. It converges all in one place. You can go to the graveyard and see where Geronimo's I think it's his fourth grandson uh, is buried. Uh, also, it is a beautiful nature area with mountains and yuccas, and it's gorgeous. So we drove in through there, uh, revisited uh, Fort Bowie, and we'll put a link in the show notes to our video of Fort Bowie with a park ranger talking about it. Came out, we saw all kinds of cattle, quail, deer. Mm-hmm. The sun was starting to set. Then we went past the entrance to Chiricahua National Monument, so you know what we're doing next. And then we arrived at the vineyard, and you can only come here at special events or by appointment, right? Correct. Okay, so then you could meet Kurt. 
you could be lucky, right? You might, uh, well, that's your opinion, whether you're lucky or not, but well, I'll be yeah. here. <laughs> I was, and, but you also had campers here. Yeah, harvest hosts. Harvest hosts. So mm. this is for people that are self-contained. Correct. They can come. Um, if you're a member of Harvest Host, you can make a reservation online and stay on the vineyard and do a wine tasting with Kurt and buy some wine. It's just a fun Did time. Did you hear that? Buy some wine. <laughs> I know when I talk about self-contained, we all like to be self-contained units, but um, this is if you're an RVer, right? Right, right. So... That's I mean, they were thing. hooked up they, uh, to our ele- electric power through an extension Oh, cord, well, that's but, because a lot of people don't yeah. get that. So. But, um, yeah, we usually don't. We hope that you're self-contained. But, yeah, they are traveling across the country from North Carolina and having a great time. Awesome. See, that's what's going on. So mm-hmm. we were the next North Carolinans coming in. and Two in one day. I know, right? But we don't have the accent. No, you no. don't. We don't. They didn't but either. Can, well, they were from Pittsburgh and Jacksonville. Oh, well. And they met in Charlotte. Oh, well, Halfway. Hey, there you go. But and North Carolina's got a bustling new wines. Well, it's not new, but they went from moonshine to wine. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty cool. So mm-hmm. it's cool to, for them to go to another wine country. Um, so they were here. Sun was setting, and we had a wine tasting, but we also could see the vineyards and woke up this morning to frost. So, Kurt, tell us a little bit. What is it like now for what's going on in the vineyard for people to understand um, kind of that cycle of seasons. Yeah, we're, we're winding down the 2023 growing season, and winding down means all the fruit's in, and we're getting the vines prepared for their winter nap. They go to sleep just like an oak tree. They leaves turn brown, they fall off, and then in the spring they, they blossom out again. Mm. So what we do is we want to make sure they have a nice resting period mm. and are all excited about waking up next year and making great grapes. So you took me around on the gator. I got to go uh-huh. on the gator. And uh, you're telling me, you know, they need a nap because you've worked them hard. <laughs> yeah, they've been busting it for six months and yeah. it's time for them to get a little break. And uh, unfortunately, the winemaker doesn't tend to get one of those, but uh, I don't complain too much about Because he has to cook too. Um, yeah, I got to cook too. But we're, right now we're... Uh, we just uh, did an inventory of the vineyard to see uh, where we had some skips. The, the plants die periodically. Uh, a healthy plant will live 30 to 35 years, and ours are about between 10 and 13 years now. Uh, and But you do get dieback, just like mm-hmm. a rose will just mm-hmm. die for no reason. And you wonder, oh, is something wrong? No, it just... Tired now. It went down like that 40-year-old marathon runner that just dies mysteriously. They just go. And so each year we go in and we uh, inventory where we need to put baby plants in in the spring. Okay. And you have to order them ahead of time. So we do that at the end of the growing season because there's the plants that are alive are still green. Mm-hmm. The plants that didn't make it are not green anymore. Okay, so we so, know yeah. by lo- just looking which ones need to be pulled out and replaced. So that's a lot of acreage that we went through, a vineyard. Mm-hmm. So how many acres? Again? We have 13 acres of so, grapes. Do you go in the gator and you just go and start counting? And- yep, yep, you go up and down each row and you evaluate the row and all the plants and then you make a call, this one's okay or this one needs to be replaced. So when you get your new babies in, mm-hmm. do you know exactly where they go because you mark, okay, this is this vineyard at this section? Yeah, and we'll be digging the holes for them over the winter. Oh, that's smart. Uh, so when, when, the, when the babies arrive, they've already got their little place to go. 
Do you name the babies? Um, Twelve hundred of them. No, I, <laughs> I I have a hard enough time remembering Peggy's name sometimes. So oh, I add twelve hundred right. to that. It's good wine. Trouble. It's yeah. good wine. Mm -hmm. Well, I was going to say too. Um, with them being babies coming in, are they going to come in like bare roots, or do they have yeah. leaves when they come in? Nope, they're bare root. Uh, they're about eighteen inches tall, and then the root is grafted to the bottom. Mm. So uh, we we use specific root stock that's good for our terroir and our terrain mm -hmm. and our soils and then we choose the varietal which is the type of grape mm -hmm. whether it's Syrah, Petit Syrah, Grenache that's grafted onto the rootstock so all of our all of our 13,000 plants have the same rootstock but they all have different grape oh, varietals well, so you're on grafting top. it it's like who's your daddy yeah yeah very much like roses, if you know anything about yeah, roses, yeah, yeah. There, are, there are rose rootstocks yeah. that are preferred by many, mm -hmm. and then you graft the type of rose, whether it's a Lincoln rose or a John mm -hmm. F. Kennedy or whatever you're looking for from a color and size profile, you graft that to the rootstock. So it's also like fruit trees, they do that. It's like, yes, here, I can have so. a peach and a plum on the same tree. Yeah, Yeah, we've got a fig tree up in Phoenix that's got three different kinds of figs on it. Wow. Well, that's cool, man. So it's weird science. And, it is. And to be in here surrounded, by the way, we are like in a wine cave. It's very I could tempting. put my bed here. Yeah, okay. you could. This is amazing. Look at all this wine. Yes, yes. And we've had a lot of the wine go out the door because we had, October was our wine club, mm -hmm. um, new releases. and uh, But we still have plenty for the holidays. You, you with, go, girl. with Thanksgiving coming up, we have plenty of great wine for you. And then uh, the holidays. And we can ship now. Oh, that's that right. We're in shipping season. Yes, we're in yep. shipping season. That's so. exciting. Do you yep. do, you, like... Is there a timeline that people need to know, like for you know their their holiday dinner table, and if you want to gift things, what is like the deadline? You you, you need to give us a week to make sure that it gets to you okay. um, before like Thanksgiving. Or... And also depending on where you live, I mean Arizona, Western United States, it takes about four or five days once the shipment leaves okay. to get to Maine or or Massachusetts. We have wine club members in maine believe it or not yeah that's cool. and so that that takes mm. almost a week to get over there so yeah. depending on where you're located yeah back that off your timetable so get get ordering basically yeah yeah, yeah. really get on it one other thing mm. that you kurt you might want to talk about is what we're doing to our soils to uh, make sure that they're augmented in preparation mm -hmm. for the spring yeah we're uh we give them a shot of nutrients this time of year and we also introduce some microbes into the soil that helps the plant to uptake oh, that food. Mm. And so we let that go in right before they go dormant. Mm -hmm. And so they're in this good environment. So when they wake up, everything's gonna be happy. Which oh, we hope, that's what we're hoping for. So it's like they're little vitamins. Yeah, yeah exactly like through. vitamins. Mm. Okay, cool. Wine vitamins, we need that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we need that. <laughs> okay, so here we are. So yesterday we tasted the Viognier. Oh, the mm. Grenache, the rosé. I really, I'm, I'm telling you that rosé. I think, I swear, it's, it's like the best rosé we've had. Yeah, like no, really, that rosé for everyone's holiday table. I think mm. it went perfectly with the pork tenderloin. Mm -hmm. Everything went well, and then the petite syrah mm. with the brownies. Yo, that was. And the balsamic. Tell everybody about that. Yes, uh, cherry balsamic, mm. wonderful. I and had no idea that. Yeah, would go drizzle with it on chocolate, amazing. Mm. Or you could have done that pork tenderloin with a cherry balsamic finish, amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Ooh, this is mm. good. So tell us Everybody's about this. Everybody's getting hungry. I know. I'm like, okay, we're going to have dinner all over again. So we're getting ready to uh, finish up our 2022 Viognier. Uh, we have, uh, of course, harvested in it in 2022, so it's about a year old now. Okay. And the 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 year on the on the bottle is the year the grapes were grown, not when the wine Harvest. was finished. Yeah. That's that's the vintage. That's when the grapes were grown. So. This wine will have a 2022 label on it because okay. that's where the grapes came from. But we've been aging it in several different vessels. Uh, we've aged some of it in stainless steel mm -hmm. because we don't want it to have any outside influence. We just want that fermented juice that reflects our mountain uh, terroir mm -hmm. and a true reflection of the grapes that year. But we also, to accentuate the experience, offer some oaked uh types of Viognier, which we'll try after this one. You don't want to try the oak after this one because okay. the oak mm. will become much more prevalent in your palate. You want to taste this one nice and so fresh. We're going to do the stainless, right? This is the stainless. Okay. Well, and we might, it might stay like this until it's bottled or it might go into something else. Well, that's what we're trying to determine now, what so the final wines are going to be from that vintage. How often do you get to sample? Um, I don't very often. I, I I smell. Okay. I trust my nose a lot more Nancy than my Nancy tells than my me palate. I smell too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially on that, one trip. That, yeah. that's, Big that, time. That, that sounds like something that you two can share. Yeah. Count, count me out. Okay. So, count me out. Well, we do have our sock monkey Priscilla, and she does smell. Okay. But but, but no. But this so you you're using your nose for. Yeah, I, wow. I can usually tell when something's going on you don't want in the wine. Oh, wow. We also rack the wine, which means we pull the clarified wine mm. out of the vessel, whatever it is, either stainless or barrel, and leave the sediment behind. And every time we do that, I always do a full sensory analysis of the wine. Mm. But as far as going in, a lot of winemakers taste their wine a lot. I don't like to do that very often because I think it gets in your head. Mm -hmm. and it can cause you to panic because the wine changes every time you taste it. And if you taste it all the time, I, I think, you, one, if you taste it a lot, you lose that change perspective because it's gradual on you. Okay. But if you taste it a lot, mm -hmm. you also remember what it was like last time, and it's changed, and you think something's wrong. Mm -hmm. No, it's just... Give it it's time. wine. Isn't it's that, doing its thing. Isn't that know? also... Like Nancy is an artist... When you get too close to your painting, you need to sometimes walk away. Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah. you overpaint. Yes, yeah. you yeah. you have to learn when to. You stop. can over sniff and you can yeah. over taste. Yeah. And I I, I like yeah, I trust my instincts on what we've decided our our pro, my protocols are for how that's the wine cool. is developing, mm -hmm. and so far I th I think it's been pretty successful. Well, that's amazing awesome. to to just know. I mean, to develop those senses, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I know you, you both love wine and have been, you know, wine enthusiasts for years before you did this and traveled and all of that. But to truly develop those senses and then to go, I trust my senses. Like, I, I, that's hard not to be a basket case because I would be the basket case. Like, well, there's a lot of times we are too. Yeah, I mean, Absolutely. but then I go, I've got all this wine around me. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> and I would overtaste because. Yeah. Look, there's all this wine. Like, how could you not want to just over? No, just kidding. But so, what know. I want you to do is is really swirl it and this wine because we do just, I have legs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're doing good, and then really get a good sniff. And 
Put your whole nose into the wine glass to understand what what you're picking up um, in terms of the aromas. So for everyone, would you like me to snort for (laughs) for your podcast sensories? And then if you take your first sip and let it really uh, roll around in your mouth before you swallow it and see what how it hits all the senses sensory points in your mouth mm. and you might get something up front which is mm-hmm. i get like a grapefruit almost. see i was getting apple mm-hmm. like my smell was mm-hmm. my smell was like green apple yeah. yeah yeah and then that was like the first thing so i was wondering if my nose and tongue would match. <laughs> you know, right, some, you sometimes you want that. Sometimes you don't. Right. If, if they don't match, makes you think. And that makes for an interesting wine. Mm. And we call it beguiling. Oh, we got a good it's like, term. I can't figure this one out, but I like it. And maybe yeah. the next time you taste it, you'll taste something different. So it's like yeah. listening to a new album. You hear it the first time. And then the next time you hear it, you hear all different it's instruments, a different part of a melody. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, well, and the music go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I like this. Mm-hmm. This is, it's Fred, like, it's very fresh. hello here, it's perky. On the finish, there's a little little bit of peach on the oh. finish, Yeah, there, I think. Because I was thinking a little butterscotchy. Yeah, maybe. Little, yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Possible. Yeah, everybody's it, palate's a little bit different. Yeah. Nobody's right. Yeah, See, it's, it's like art. That's the thing. Of, yeah. Winemaking is an art. Yeah. Yes, it but is. But the Viognier typically will have several different uh, dominant components to it. Mm. One is that citrusy. Mm-hmm. It can have that citrus note, grapefruit, lemon, See, I'm lime. See, that more now. Uh, you can also pick up uh, uh, some tropical fruit like pineapple or guava. Mm. And then the finish, you can often pick up stone fruit like pear mm. Mm. or peach or apricot. Ooh. So oh. uh, and so, the vintage pretty much t- tells you once the wine is finished what that plot of ground out there gave me wow. to mm. work with, and then my job is to not screw it up and and accentuate those lovely qualities that are coming out of the vineyard through how we age the wine, what we age the wine in, how we blend the wine and produce the wine. Do you talk to your vineyard, your plants? No. You don't? No. I'm not ready for being committed yet. So I'm, I'm, I do. Yeah, Patty so, does. So she's ready to be committed. Okay. I, I was out been. there <laughs> driving around in the Gator, talking to all the plants and thanking them for an incredible 2023 harvest. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, there's something about it. It's like it's part of the land. And that's why I was talking about this. Mm-hmm. I mean, the beauty of this is you've got like it's, it's almost it's short grass prairie land out here, which yeah. people don't expect Arizona to have. Right. The mountains. Mm-hmm. And then you have all the little creeks and cienegas out here, which does that make it different? The fact that you have water out, out here, you know, is, is it a cienega? I've, I haven't been home for a while. Is it a cienega or is that New Mexico? No, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, the bus like Kind of an arroyo or, yeah. or a riparian area. Yeah. yeah. And you've got we, owls. We have one right along the, uh, the edge of the vineyard. It's mm-hmm. called Ash Creek and it's 600 feet wide. So it's a major drainage way mm. from the Chiricahuas. So we'll get snow melt and rain coming okay. down that. But also because it's a little bit lower because of the erosion mm-hmm. over the th- mm-hmm. millions of years, it creates a drainage way for air. Mm. 
And so, and it's, that can be very advantageous for a winery or a vineyard mm -hmm. to have that air movement that's not around it if it oh. wasn't next to that riparian. So it's like area. having a little fan. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Kind of like it, a tunnel, a wind tunnel it, that it yeah. takes typically bring, air. It'll tunnel. bring in um, warm air from in the wintertime oh. to keep the vineyard from getting too cold, but also brings in cool air off the mountain in the summertime. Mm, that's and cool. so we'll get cold air seeping down there, and then it comes into the vineyard mm. and cools down the grapes. We picked grapes this year at 56 degrees. Wow. Which in, in September, which has never happened before. And a lot of oh. it has to do with that drainage, cold air drainage that we have. But that's how those microclimates happen, right? So exactly. that's why, like, a vineyard around the corner from you will not have the same. Exactly. Because that's of a, that, you know, and, and like when you hike in the desert, you can tell. It, it, it could be in the summer. I don't care where when it is. You can tell if you're in a, a wash or an arroyo because of the temperature cooling down immediately where yeah. you are. And that's where all the birds and everybody can check out, like, who to hunt if they're up at the top. Mm. But I think your area is really unique. I mean, yeah, and that's a great definition of microclimate. I mean, mm -hmm. just a few hundred yards, the soil changes mm -hmm. from this place. The creek is not there a hundred yards to the north. Uh, all those things play into uh, what what this place does, and it's quite unique. Do you, does it change for you what varietal you're going to plant near the creek? Um, we had we did not uh, look into. Uh, we planted the varietals based on what we thought would do best here. Mm -hmm. The proximity of the creek. I mean, the, 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 there's probably no way to to estimate how far the creek influence goes into the vineyard. Yeah. But pretty much, it's I have weather stations around, and it's pretty uniform mm. throughout the the property of, of the temperatures and wind wind flows and those kinds of things. But the um, uh, closer to the creek, the soils change, so they're mm -hmm. a little bit more sandy loam as you get closer to the creek versus our volcanic soil and volcanic rock that's in our vineyard. Yeah, that's totally, the soil by the creek is totally different because the the vineyard's planted in volcanic material. Mm -hmm. It's 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 uh, dust, it's ash, it's decomposed mm -hmm. rhyolite granite. Where the creek has run since that volcano uh, erupted, that's all gone. And you're left with the silt of a waterway. Wow. So just across the driveway, you go from red rhyolite granite soil mm -hmm. to basically beach sand wow wow it's different man yeah it's mm. different so what did when you did the nosy thing to your your the nosy I, thing, what I, did you pick up in your nose <laughs> I, I pick up kind of a sweet crab apple yeah so the there's an apple, that's mm -hmm. it uh, and and so uh and I'll, i'm also picking up a little bit of of maybe some pineapple Hmm. On the nose. Now I'm tasting a teeny bit at the end lemon. lemon. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Very light. Not 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 like the lemony lemon. Maybe more. Not even like lime. Orange. It's 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 kind of a. It's a new type of citrus that I'm creating myself. There you yes. go. Yeah. It's yeah. my own varietal. Yeah. <laughs> a orange maybe. Oh maybe. A lime orange. Hey, that oh, sounds that's good. good one. <laughs> yeah, I mean I've grafted it myself. <laughs> but it's interesting about you know crab apple because I'm going green apple. That was my first impression, and then I'm like, no, it's still a little sweeter and lighter. So you have to kind of think of all the apple varieties. Yeah. And crab apples, we used to pick those in England. We mm -hmm. used to have them in England. Yeah. We'd go crab appling. 
Cravat police. So, Kurt, what would you do with this wine? What's the next step to this wine? Well, when when we taste the ones that have been aged in barrel, we'll get a profile of the different options we have, mm-hmm. from unoaked, which mm-hmm. is what we're holding now, mm-hmm. to ones that were aged in brand new French oak barrels, okay. which are going to mm-hmm. have the most influence on the wine. So we'll taste those different levels of, of barrel along with this and try to come up with some combinations of which mm. wines we like the best. We may we may have three different bottlings coming from this vintage. We might have one, we mm. might have two, and we might have four. Mm. Uh, so we just don't know. We're just now to the point now a year in mm. where I think the wine is showing Mm. what it can be wow up until that point it's still kind of like a gawky teenager it's starting to grow up now and so i think we can start to really look at it critically to Mm. see what what's going to end up in your bottle takes a lot of no sneaking out it does take a lot of patience Mm -hmm. i would be checking it every day what do you taste like today yeah Yeah. Uh, you you can go insane yeah Yeah. i mean like yeah but there's a science to this which i think is fascinating and and looking forward and patience, like Nancy said, the patience mm. to doing this. Like, I would be like, come on, come on, come on. I know. I'd be like a little cheerleader, except for I can't jump around like that, okay. you know. But, but no, I would be like, really, come on, babies, let's do it. You know, you can do it. But now when you do the tasting and, and figure out, okay, it's time to bottle, it's time to do this. Is it you and Peggy making those decisions? Do you have other people saying, like, you know, when people, you know, music or authors will have people... Like a beta taste tester, taster, beta taster. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you have beta? T- are there such yes. things? We, we love tasters? to pull together what we call a tasting panel, mm-hmm. and it's not only Peggy, Peggy part of that, a huge mm-hmm. part of that, and I, I kind of just watch people to get mm-hmm. their reactions to it because I already know more about the wine than they'll ever know. Right. Uh, not because I'm smarter, because I've been with yeah, yeah, you've you know, been, I've been, been with it since sense. it was out there in the field. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but we like to bring in. Uh, club members mm-hmm. who know have some wine knowledge and and have, are familiar with our our terroir and they they understand what our wines are all about. I like to bring in professionals, mm. sommelier or winemaker from another winery. Mm. Uh, I like to bring in novices, mm. and you ask them different questions. If you have a sommelier on your mm. panel, you can get very technical with them. Mm-hmm. The like wine club members say, how would you compare this to last year's vintage? Yeah. And they, t- they tell you, the novice, you say, do you like it or not? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's and that's, important. that's as good an information yeah. as any, because a novice is probably going to be drinking this wine. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing. I think we have new generations of wine enthusiasts now, and I think they've been excluded from um, going, you know, it's kind of felt pushed out for many years, but I think that was like 10, 20 years ago, but yeah. now it's the wine industry has changed and been very more inclusive of people walking into a tasting room. I know we've talked oh, about yeah. this a lot going, I have no clue about wine. And you know what? I think going to a tasting room, if that's your first time drinking wine, I think going to a tasting room at a, at a, at a, for a winery, whether it's at the actual vineyard or not, is actually probably better than just buying a bottle off a shelf going, ooh, that's a cute label. Sorry, guilty. Um, <laughs> but... And not knowing anything right. other than, yeah, yeah, I like it or I don't. But under, having that background and understanding of what goes into winemaking it and having someone, because your tasting room staff can 
explain stuff. Absolutely. So what we, in our tasting room, when we have a novice or even someone that really knows something about the wine, we're not trying to tell them what they're tasting. We're trying to help them describe what they're tasting. Mm -hmm. So, and to talk about, like Kurt did with what a typical Viognier might mm -hmm. have, the characteristics, help them understand that and see what they're tasting in the wine and if they like it or what they d don't like about mm -hmm. it. Um, so we're not necessarily telling you what you're drinking. We're helping you define what you're drinking. But that's the mm. joy of, of tasting wine is going, what is this? Right. Slowing down, not guzzling your wine, just going, ooh, this is, oh, I hear, I taste this, I taste that. And you're right, it changes as you're sipping and, and testing it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's okay if you don't like it. Yeah. It's not that it's a bad wine. It's just not, not your palate. Not your palate. And yeah. that's okay also. And that's the beauty of wine tasting mm -hmm. is that you get to try a multiple multiple wines and you can determine what you like and what mm -hmm. you don't like. And that'll help you when you do go to the grocery store yeah. to look for the wine that you might want. Well, it's also, I think it changes too. As Absolutely. your palate changes, you know what I mean? It's like we didn't, as kids, I didn't like coffee, but now give me coffee. Yeah. And, and it's important. Yeah. You, it's important, yeah. just like wine. He's like, mm. ew, how could you drink wine? Oh, let me tell you how and why. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Yeah. So you change and like the white wines, I mean, you guys really, the Viognier, I think is amazing. Yeah. Really, white wines really are, good. I think, I don't know what it, why is it so hard to get good white wines? I think America's done a better job, but like we always gravitate towards mm. South Africa, New Zealand, white wines. Um, what is it? You know, I think a lot of it is protocol. White wine is very, very fragile. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't have the natural protectants in it, like a reservatol yeah. and tannins that a red wine does. Okay. Mm. So if you make a mistake with white wine, everybody knows it. It's a little uh, more acid-like. Well, it's going to have more. It's going to have a mm. lower pH. Okay. Which is what the perception is in your mouth of mm. acid versus base. And so you're going to get mm. that acid. If mm. not, white wine would be flat and it would be mm -hmm. undrinkable. It would not be good. Yeah. Uh, but the, you can make a lot more mistakes with white. I, white's scary. Mm. Um, if, I, if I was to be a busybody and had to check on something every day, it'd be the whites. Mm. Okay. The red guys... They're off doing their they're thing. Mellow. They're okay. They'll be fine. They're chill. <laughs> you know, they're chilling yeah. out. They're fine. The whites are more mm. volatile. Mm. And I, I think that the whites, uh, since a lot of them are not oaked or very little oaked, uh, you're not masking anything that's wrong with them. Mm. And so I think I think that there's a... The red wine can have some camouflage by what you do. So there's to a it. transparency to these. Isn't yeah, the this white? is uh, not not just visually transparent, mm. but also more mm. transparent on the palate. Mm. So, you know, the wine term for today. Oh, I know. I I was waiting for her to bring it up because she's been excited. She wanted to start with the wine term. Yep. Because <laughs> the last wine term was settling. Right. And I thought it was about sitting on the couch with a good glass of wine. Which kind of did that last time we had you know dinner me. with a good glass of wine, so we did settle. We did do settling. Good. So now today, good. what I, I think we're, we're going to go to jail. We're, we're going to jail. Yep, because we're going to transition um, from a, a, a Viognier that's in uh, the glass to a Viognier that's been in oak, and we use a thief, which is called 
uh, it's a mechanism that you use to put in the bung hole. I've taught you about the bung <laughs> hole on a barrel of Not wine. Not be confused with the corn, corn hole. hole. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, I would say they're similar, but okay, sorry. So, and we use this device to put I'll, in... I'll never see that again. I can't get rid of it. I can't, I can't, now the... You, you I, destroyed me. I'm sorry, but now that we have to do the bunghole... All of our wines are now going in the stainless she, steel she, tank. She did the this. Are out. She's, she's, she did the bunghole on purpose. Yes, yes, yes. So, oh you use the thief, which is, we have a, a glass thief, and you can have a plastic we're going um, with plastic plastic the, the, the glass doesn't bend okay and uh, you that's how you remove wine out of the barrel through the bunghole <laughs> that needs to be bent there's no there's no spout on the barrel and it's 650 pounds so you can't turn it over and dump some out in your oh we glass. don't we don't want any we don't want any so drama the, no the, spillage the wine thief is the only way to go okay well let's go and uh Priscilla, our pink sock monkey, can be the getaway driver. There you okay. go. And the gator. Sounds yeah, we good. Always, we Let's always need speak. one of those. Okay, so we uh, played thievery. We, we took the thieving tool, stuck it in the bunghole, and sucked up some new Viognier in the barrel. Um, I would have put it differently. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, that sounded really gross. But okay. uh, what, we, what we did is we extracted... Okay. Some wine and development into a beautiful shiny glass. Well done. You're, Would you like see? to write for the magazine? Uh, yeah. Love to. Yeah. <laughs> Especially on your article. You're making him nervous. What no, we have here, cool. we have the same juice that we just had, mm -hmm. same vintage, same field, same knucklehead winemaker, except the knucklehead winemaker put it into oak barrel. Okay. And the oak barrel is mm -hmm. a two-year-old... French oak barrel, which means it's had two vintages run through it. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like uh, uh, if if a new French oak barrel is a brand new loafer, this one's been walked in for a while. So it's not nearly experienced as pungent in flavor because the flavor gets leached out of the barrel the more times you use it. Okay. Oh. So this is a, a lighter barrel application. You're going to pick up some barrel, but the important thing is, and you notice the color of it, yeah. You uh, what you get from a barrel is called transpiration. The barrel actually breathes, and it emits moisture. Mm. And as that moisture is emitted, the wine concentrates. And if you've ever boiled down chicken broth, right. the more liquid mm. you take out of it, the more intense the broth becomes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Same thing with wine. Oh. So this has been in a barrel, whereas that first one had no mm. evaporation because it's a steel closed environment. Mm -hmm. This one is in the barrel, and so it's been extracted mm -hmm. for a year. And also the barrel gives a little bit of color, but most of that is from the extraction of the, uh, of the uh, precipitation of moisture from the barrel. That's, so you choose what barrel you want. Yes. According to how Whatever many vintages. The coming in. And yeah, and the, the fruit, and we try to pair it up with barrels that we think are going to accentuate So did you year. taste the fruit to know, like, okay. Taste the fruit. We also taste the raw wine, which okay. is always horrible. Mm. But you've got to make a call because it's got to get in somewhere mm. and begin the aging mm. process. So, um, you know, you use past year's experience, but every year is a new, mm. new challenge, new adventure. So, Peggy, I think we're doing really good on terminology. Yes, we picked up and, a lot of terms. But today. my terminology is not as 
polite, apparently. Right. <laughs> extracted. Is I know. Extraction term. is a good word. Yes, exactly. Okay. So when you smell the aromas on this, it's changed from the, the vignette that we had just a moment ago where we picked up the apple mm -hmm. or the um, citrus right on the note. Note, note the word aroma versus smell. <laughs> yeah. Or stink. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, you know what I'm just saying? And then do the same thing with the taste. Hold it in your mouth and let it really swish around in your mouth. So this is probably going to have a different perception in the mouth. A little less acidic. Mm. It's the exact same pH, but the barrel puts a roundness on the back end that makes it a little bit softer. Nancy, no jokes. So the other one had that kind of peach and and at the end and you picked up what was that on the end you had on the other one li li lemon li li my own my own, own my own citrus that's right this doesn't have that citrusy it, it is definitely rounder on the finish a little softer on the finish mm. it doesn't i don't think the crab apple is in it anymore mm -mm. it's calmer I'm getting a lot more spice out of this. I'm getting some actually like maybe baked apple uh, in, hmm. in the nose on this one. A little bit of brown sugar. But it's amazing, and that's the fun thing about winemaking. Mm -hmm. Same grapes taste different. totally different uh, depending on how you, um, what vessel you put it in. It changes. And what about like sunlight and the weather changing the taste of the grapes, the harvest? Oh, That's absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So every year we try to determine what they gave us out there. Mm -hmm. ah, okay. And that's based on the weather. It's based mm -hmm. on the temperatures. Mm -hmm. It's based on when it rained or didn't rain. It's based on ah. the maturity of the vine. Each vine gets a year older every year, so it changes a little bit. Mm. So every year we have to reevaluate what's coming out of there because it's different every year. Ah, and then my job is to try to make that fruit that I had I had a big hand in growing, but mm. no control over what it but it's good tastes like. Yeah, you know it's it wow. is what it is. And then my job is to make sure it's as good as we can make it. This is like okay. So in South Africa we would make pawpaw salad. Oh boy, it sounds weird. But it's papaya, I suppose, here. Like, mm -hmm. it's similar to papaya. Uh -huh. Because it doesn't have quite the melon thing to me. But we would put citrus on the papaw, the papaw to me. Papaya. Whatever. Papaya? <laughs> we haven't had too many glasses. No, no, I'm, I'm quite happy. Um, but on, I'm, I'm in, stuck in two different languages on my head. But the papaya. So... You would put, and, and the, an interesting thing in a lot of different Indian cultures and stuff, they would put, and it's something I do, like if I have a cantaloupe or something, is I put black pepper on the cantaloupe, which is better for your digestion. And it has this whole other play, flavor profile. Like in Mexico, they put like a, is it a tamian, uh, the spice on like mango, like the red spice. Okay. And so that is what this is to me. It's like the pawpaw salad. With a little bit, it's like a little lime juice. It's not even like orangey lime. Like you could do whatever you wanted accordingly. Yeah. And um, a little bit of spice. Like I would not even, it's not even black pepper. And it would be like a subtle, there's just, there's a little kick to it. That's maybe not even cinnamon, but kind of like cinnamon, but not. 
I don't. All I know is it tastes like that salad, which mm-hmm. is a very popular Interesting. dish that people would bring to barbecues. Uh-huh. You'd go in your backyard if how, you didn't go to the store. How long has it been school. since you had that salad? Twenty six, thirty years. That's how strong your sense of taste mm-hmm. and smell is. Yeah, you can it, something like this can bring you back to that moment. Because mm-hmm. I was sitting here, you're going, mm-hmm. you're going like this, mm-hmm. going. I'm going, I, I cannot place this, but I know this, mm-hmm. and I can't place it. And it's popo salad. I can even see the black seeds of the yeah, of wonderful. it. And it's weird because if you, if you were going to a friend's house, they're like, hey, we're having a barbecue, which would be a braai over there. And you're like, well, I don't have time to go to the store. Maybe back in those days, the stores were open at certain times. You go in your backyard because everybody had a mango tree, an avocado tree, and a popo tree. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what every house came with. Which was awesome. Yeah. Because I was starting to go into mango, too. So I would eat green mangoes as a kid, which Nancy would say, you don't. You're going to get, you know, that's not good. But they are good. So it's also got a green mango before the mango has that smell, that pungency. There's like a mango smell when it's ripe and you can smell the nectar on the outside of it before you eat it. So it's like a green mango right before it's ripe. It's and they're delicious. I need to, when I write the description of this wine, I'm going to be thinking of you. Uh, green I, bananas. I used mango earlier. Yeah, yeah mango yeah. and, and uh, even green banana kind of, uh-huh. like a plantain. Take a sip of this, Kurt, and you tell me what you're picking up in this. Because um, it is interesting. It's so different than the first one. It is. Mm-hmm. It's almost got even more minerality. Yeah. It's, the it's, more I drink it. Yeah. And it should, I mean, it shouldn't have more because of the oak, but it It, it makes me feel happy. Maybe it is. And we want memory. to make you happy. I am LDV Winery makes Make everyone happy. happy. Yep. Okay. It's, it's livelier. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. It is. It's it's got. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it, it, um, it's got character. It brought out. Um, I'm getting some really nice citrus on the back mm-hmm. end, like a, almost a yeah. can, candied lime. See that that's what the pawpaw does. Is it okay? Because a pawpaw is not not like a cantaloupe is a cantaloupe, it's, right? Right. Pawpaw is like it's like a mushroom and you do whatever to the pawpaw to make it. It picks it up. I, it I, I it felt like the, the nose on the first one was pretty straight line and that kind of went through the entire mm. glass. This one's got some layers to it that mm-hmm. that I think the oak accentuated this plus the concentration. And then it gets sweeter the more you drink it. This is yeah. so much fun. And I want to do more and more of and this. And also <laughs> the, the French oak. Mm. Uh, good you picked that up because the French mm. oak will often give you a perception of sweetness that's not there. Ah. But it's fooling your palate. So if you take, you're like, well, mm. this is really sweet. No, it's the same sugar as the one you just had. Yeah. but It's, it's just hitting you different. Huh. And all of our wines are zero residual sugar. Yeah. So we ferment down to zero. And so that sweetness you might be mm. picking up, it's either fruit, actually, mm-hmm. yeah. rather than sweetness, or it's, like Kurt says, the barrel in pulling your t- uh, taste buds. Okay, because okay, I was going to awesome. say the barrel, because I taste like a woody finish. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. there's like there's a, little a little wood. a little bit of smokiness yeah. mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. But it's like, it, it's kind of, it, have you ever, like, harvested sugar cane and cut it and eaten it? No. no. So, like, the inside of a sugar cane. Wow. Like it's kind of oh. like, hmm. so that's kind of, it's kind of like, well, it's, it's. See, this is a great conversation. Just think about it. Think mm. about what we talked about the first mm. wine. Mm. By adding a different technique of aging, we've opened up a whole new conversation. Yeah. 
all new different set of fruits different and things. Yep. If you didn't Spices, tell us it what's... was the same wine, you would think we it's would a never different... know. We Correct. would think it was right. You think well, this it's is a different wine. This is from California, yeah. or this is a different no, grape. It's from the same it's spot the one yet. you just had. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm 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 like I wouldn't know if it was Viognier or not because I don't. I'm not like. It's like. I, I like an album, but I won't remember each name of the song. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But um, so to me, this is just incredibly good white wine. So can can you bottle it up now? Yeah. <laughs> does it have how long does it's how long not. do we have to wait? Um, probably <laughs> late spring. Oh, oh, so that's not so it's bad. Close. Yeah, it'll get there. It'll, oh. Depending on you know what we find out today, and then we'll do a tasting. So it'll panel. change again. Yeah, we'll we'll do several more iterations of what what I'll do is I synthesize. Mm -hmm. Peggy's input, your input, mm. our tasting panel's input, I'll come up with several different options. Because mm. the options now are infinitesimal. Mm. And, so, and so I've got to narrow it down so we've got something we can get our brains around. Yeah, sure. When I'm can not, I come, like, help? Uh, <laughs> we can let you know. We'll let you know. Come, well, come you know, what's, what's fun is for, like, our wine club members who, who come to visit, mm -hmm. And they may actually be on the crush pad when the fruit comes in. Ah. And then the, uh, two years later, they get to taste that what fruit. What they were part of. And then, then they get mm. the, and then down the road, they get to have a bottle of it. Yeah. And they were part of it. They were there from the beginning. So talk about experiences, mm. which is something we all want in life. Absolutely. Especially after COVID, I think a lot of us realized experience. And people are investing in experiences. Like weddings are getting smaller and honeymoons are getting bigger kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, so that is something for wine club members. It's like, no, I want to be part of the experience because Lord knows uh, starting a winery <laughs> 15 yeah. years, like, yeah, yeah. Be, a, be a wine club member. Exactly. Your, your... I always tell people you don't want to own a winery, but you want to know someone that owns a winery. <laughs> right. So you can enjoy it, be a part of it, do as much work as you want. You don't have to pay for it and mm -hmm. you get to go home. Just like don't have kids. No, you know, yeah, yeah. or be a grandma and, and take yeah, care yeah, of your that's kids, it. you send them home. But mm. um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And so what I'll do is make sure I send you a couple of bottles, wherever you are, of these, and we can talk about it once. Follow the up. Bottle. Oh, cool. So remember this, put mm. this. Okay, this, this no, this, hey, listen, we're going to have to do a transcript on this for this podcast. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, so remember, we can see this conversation. Remember yeah, right. what you're tasting now, and then come the spring, we'll, wow. we'll open up the, the bottle that Man. we finally put in the bottle. The hey, wine. we'll be back here in summer. I'm just saying. Okay, there you go. <laughs> we'll be there back. You go. Man, this is exciting to, yeah. to just... The different, I think it's fascinating. It's a science, yeah. but it's an art. It well, it's, it's, it's even, you know, after 15 yeah. years, it's still fascinating to me. Like, yeah. what's going to happen? Well, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I don't know. It's chemistry. I, I, can, I can make educated guesses and mm. say, this reminds me of, of 2015, mm. but then it doesn't. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, so it's an adventure for me, too, because I'm tasting this for the first time. Mm. Ever. But I, I, what I like about you is like you've got attention to detail and everything with this, and obviously is you know doing the actual viticulture yourself, like doing the actual growing, the whole process, right? But there's something about understanding to not uh, you've got microclimates, but you're not micromanaging the grapes, correct? And you're not you're letting letting nature do what nature wants, and co-creating basically versus being the boss of it, yeah. right? Because you, know? you can't be. 
Yes. Right, right. You learn, you know, the old creed, you <laughs> learn to control what you can and not what you can't. So in other words, we and, only can do self-control. Right. Yeah. So our winemaking <laughs> style is not to replicate what we did last year, but to honor <laughs> the grapes that we we harvest each vintage. And as Kurt said earlier, um, grow grapefruit, grow grapefruit in the vineyard, and then once it comes to the winery, we just want to celebrate that that grape. And that's why Peggy goes down through the vineyard and uh, talks to all the grapes. Mm-hmm. All right, I want to go back to this before we go to the next thievery, okay. you know. <laughs> There's a band thievery corporation. I think we should <laughs> name a label of this. But um, so you were talking about cinnamon. I was going, oh, there's a spice. At the front end and the back end. Okay. For someone who's never tasted wine yet, um, can you explain the front and the back end? Because um, you don't want me to explain that already, Kurt. Well, you know that. Everybody's palate's different, but the typical anatomy of the palate is what we call the front palate is the tip of your tongue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and your lips and all those part of the organ that's in the front of your mouth. There's also what's called a mid palate. And that's where a majority of your acid receptors are. They're on the side of your tongue. Okay. That's why you don't want to let the wine roll back because the front palate's going to hit you one way. Then it's going to hit the mid palate. It's going to talk to you somewhere else. And then it's going to hit the back palate, which is right before you swallow. And all three of those regions will pick up different things in the wine if you let them. If you just guzzle it, no, you won't get it. But if you let mm-hmm. it roll back and give you the entire experience, hopefully you may be, be able to pick up front, mid, and back palate mm-hmm. on the wine. Because right now I can feel it's like, oh, it's like my tongue is a little lively right now. And that's... that's I'm having a party in my mouth. There you go. <laughs> that's what we want to that's, create. That's what's called the finish. Uh, how long is that wine still with mm. you after it's been swallowed? Like and a song that's an earworm. What? You know, that you just keep hearing in your yeah, head all the yeah, time? I yeah. never heard that term. That's earworm? That's when a song doesn't ear wig, stop. but yeah. not earworm. No, we don't need to go in the, the wiggy department. <laughs> but we do call wine wiggy. Because yeah. so, you know what? It, we call it wiggy butt. So your first glass of wine, um, you, you take your sip. It goes. You've had a long day in the vineyard. Right. You come back. You pour yourself a nice glass of wine, you take a sip, slow down, and then you take your next sip and it starts to go down. You can feel it go through your body and it gets to your tail feathers and then you wiggy, wiggy, wiggy butt. Ah. So wiggle, wiggy. Like a duck so, getting out of the water, right? Yeah, and so it's code name for whatever we're somewhere. We go, hey, let's have some wiggy and nobody knows what we're talking about and then they can't tell. You know we like our stealth wine tasting wherever we want. I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. All right, so we're back to tasting number three of the same Viennet, but now in a different barrel. Yeah, this has been aging a year in mm-hmm. new French oak. So remember I talked about the, the shoe. Mm-hmm. This is the new shoe. This is Brand the first, new shoe. First time it's ever had wine in this barrel, so it's going to have more characteristics of the uh, the cooperage or tonnelier and also the, uh, the wood, what forest it came from. And because it's new... It's going to have more of those flavors and nuance into the wine. And oh my goodness, the aroma changed dramatically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. For, because of that. So you're getting some of that oakiness yeah. even mm-hmm. in the nose. Yeah, really, big time. Like the woodsy. nose. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's. 
So you know what forest? So do you choose who you get your barrels from? Yeah, there are two forests in France that we source from. Oh, wow. And then there are five in the United States we source our uh, our oak from. Oh, wow. And because of their terroir, mm -hmm. they have very different characteristics in the barrel. So we try to match those up as well as French versus American versus mm. neutral. And then where the barrel was grown. Because mm. I, I think we've talked about this maybe in the past. I don't recall. But if uh, if the oak is from a northern state versus a southern state, um, because of that terroir, it's going to uh, be very different mm. and then impart very different flavors because mm. and intensities intensities yeah. so okay i understand going you know how many the different vintages and how many it's had through the barrel and then you're choosing your barrel from the different places you're talking about but do you have kind of like a this is going to be this kind of flavor barrel like do you know the taste of the barrel that sounds yeah. weird but no no yeah no that, that's that's a Very good. legitimate question mm. uh, over time we're gravitating based on what's coming out of the vineyard every year we're starting to gravitate towards some patterns mm. okay so we know that you know we've tried to Syrah in French oak and American oak we've tried Petite Syrah in French oak and American oak uh We've decided that American oak's better for both of those hmm. to this point. Huh. Uh, maybe that will change, but as a rule, I've gravitated towards that pattern in the last few years. Mm. Do you keep a journal on what happens no, on the winery you. every day? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Not no, every day. Not every it, day, know. but yeah. definitely, because it evolves. Yeah. The grapes evolve, the, the wine evolves. This, I don't know if you've tasted it yet, mm -hmm. it is really full in the mouth. It is. Right? And mm -hmm. um, this is more what I would consider a Chardonnay style mm -hmm. um, that it yeah. has. You get a little bit of the butteriness. I was going to say, yeah. The, uh, it's very creamy. And it's yeah. the smooth from the front to the back. Mm. Um, I like it. I do, too. This is really... This is quite yummy. And it's yeah. got a little caramel. This mm -hmm. is, this is mm -hmm. a, a drink by itself kind of wine. But it also would be a great food wine. Listen, oh my wine, I'm taking by my own and running for the hills. I'm going to that forest in France. It's mine, all mine. No, I'm kidding. But it, wine is best with friends. It is amazing how that different kind of oak mm -hmm. just imparted so much flavor. And again, same fruit, same year. That's amazing. It, you know, that's I remember. So you a could long put out different. My grandmother telling you could say, me, okay, I'm going to do three different. You never ever Viognier we, we might do a Viognier to just to this. Okay, because and toss it the other taste like plastic. No, yeah. then we'll make a different Viognier out of the second. Oh, okay. So and a different Viognier out of the first. Or we might blessed. put them together. I was going to say you could blend them. Yep, that's the whole. That's that the, is why we're tasting it now. That's the phase we're getting into now. Is that, do we want this wine to be different than it is just like this? Or do we like it the or way it is? Or you could do like a or limited edition. If we put it, if we put it with some other barrels, will they play well together? Because sometimes like you think, children. boy, if I add A and B, it's going to be an amazing C. But sometimes B is like, it ruined A. Oh. Not yeah. And you don't know until you put it together. Yeah, until you try. Yeah, yeah. you think, yeah. It's so like that's why we taste these wines on their own, straight out of the barrel or out of the, the container. So we mm -hmm. know what the, the original profile is of the juice in each of those vessels. And then our winemaking blending style is exactly what Kurt kind of explained. It's still vignette. We're not mixing a different kind of grape 
into it. It's still Vignet, but our blending will be, you know, let's do 70% of this uh, in the new French oak and blend it with 30% in the the um, older one, the 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 vignette that was in a older oak, or, or mixed with the stainless steel. Oh wow! You know, so see what that tastes. So that's when Kurt and I sit down um, and begin to fine tune what we're actually going to put in the bottle by um, taste testing a lot of different formulas. Basically, wow, sounds like fun to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, it's that's, hard work. Yeah, no, no, but, so but, but it is like knowing, like, so going back to music, it's like, you know, knowing what songs to put on an album because it's like a band goes out, they have a set list that they are going to generally pay, play for at a show. Uh-huh. But when you do an album, like, that's it. Once it's, yeah, once at it's, some point, you've got to stop. Done. And that's with yeah. me. Peggy's my partner in this completely, but somebody's, one person has to make the final call. Uh, I don't think you can make good wine with a democracy. Mm. Uh, you can create options with a democracy, mm. but there there has to be one person mm-hmm. that says, I know this better than anybody else. Thanks all for your input. This is where we're going. Oh. And we are almost lockstep in that. We've mm. only had a couple of... One. Only one, one in 15 years. Yeah. Wow. Of winemaking that we disagree, and Kurt's the, the winemaker, and he got the final decision. But, and look at her look at you right yeah, now. Yeah, it's like his fault. <laughs> and, and it turned out I was absolutely right. <laughs> but, well, that's the same in our industry, you know, publishing. No, mm-hmm. I want this front cover. No, I want that. And then we look and go, no. No, but it is it, it is interesting because mm-hmm. even if you agree or disagree, it's still whatever happens because once it goes out to the public, it's to and the public. It, yeah, it's out there. It's out there. You know? so I'm getting a little green banana off of this. Green oh, banana. We're back to the green bananas yeah. again. Mm. Priscilla's here. That's why. Real, sock real faint in the back. Not after I drank it, but um, the, right now. It's mm. a fun wine. Now, this, we have a new label called Rhyolite. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. We have to decide what label we put this on. Do we want it our blue label? which is Sky Island, which would have been the first one because all of our Sky Island wines don't have any oak influence. They're just the great expression. Or our gold, our white label, Vignet, could be a mixture of oak and um, stainless steel. And then we have our new label, which is our Rhyolite White, and that is... Something we feel is extraordinary if, 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 if it's distinctive enough, whatever we decide, to put a Rhyolite white label on it. Oh, so cool. we can be making three different wines out of the same juice from mm. 2022. So you understand the blend con- uh, concept. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you can. And then it's like, oh, maybe we'll just do another one. Yeah. A new or label. maybe we only do one, oh. you know, and we just have a lot of it. But um, so those are the decisions we have to make between now and the spring in order to bottle it and get it ready for the market. So all the bottling is done here on on property? Yeah, Yeah. everything's done here. We touch every grape, (laughs) every vine, and every bottle uh, we are in control over. It's so nice to have something American-made, too. Yeah. You know, honestly, I'm just saying there's something we should also look at. In regards to supporting small business, that is American small business, you mm-hmm. know, because so much of our 
stuff in life, including produce and things like that, which I'm not against. It's just, it's nice to support local. And I mean local, Arizona local, and then, you mm -hmm. know, nationally. Yeah, the them. only thing we, we have to buy that's, that's foreign made is our bottles. Mm. Oh, okay. The, the, the United States glass industry has gotten out of making bottles. What? I don't know why, and, but we cannot buy. Because they're recyclable. Buy. So it's either Mexico or okay. uh, China. Oh, There's well, a lot of go. things that... But you got to have the bottles, yeah. so you, you bite it, and, and, so you, your and cork, you buy them. Your cork you know? comes yeah, from there. There's a lot of things like that we, get, we don't um, make Well, the cork, the cork is, um, is harvested in uh, usually Spain. Or Portugal. Or Portugal, but they're made here in the United States. Nancy put a cork in it. Yeah. <laughs> Bend over. Yeah. Cornhole. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the bottling during COVID, we couldn't even get glass. We we were lucky because we ordered early, and we had to get a whole semi-truck of glass. Because wow. they wouldn't, and for a small winery, that was a lot of glass to purchase. But we Not were able to get it. financially, but space. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. That's a lot of that's a lot. You better of start bottling quick. You know? Well, yeah. we've used it all. So yeah, I mean uh, that's good. We went then. through it, but it took a year. And, wow, uh, to go through all that glass, but a lot of wineries were hurting because they couldn't find glass during COVID. That's when you start saying, "I'll sell it to you for well, a they quadruple." Kept calling. They kept calling. Well, that's the thing glass. you guys do actually work yeah, together as do. wineries as well. We do. We How do. many wineries do you think Arizona has as a whole? I think the number is close to one thirty now. Really? Yeah. Mm. And when we were started fifteen, a uh, little over fifteen years ago. Um, we, were, we were licensed like number 17, 18, something like that in the state. Wow. And now there's over 130. They're not all producing. You know, they have mm. the license. They can start producing, but they're not necessarily. But it's a fast-growing industry in Arizona, and like a, a lot of states. But in Arizona, it's really fast-growing. And, mm, nice. and it's coming into its own, you know. Exciting. Our, our grapes have really started to mature and they're picking up a lot of nuances of flavor, and we're really excited about it. So that's part of why you keep that root and yes. do the grafts. So the vines are, are growing with the seasons. Yeah. That's and interesting. And just like all plants, they're going deeper. The roots are going deeper in the ground Ooh. and picking up different nu nuances. They're extracting new minerals. Yes. Yes. I Very said the extraction. Yes. But now, now with that, what I also want to think it's interesting, you're celebrating 15 years. So that's a huge achievement as a small business and as a winery and doing agriculture, right? right. So all of that. But how much do you feel like in, in regards to your part of the legacy of a burgeoning industry in Arizona? Yeah, we're the pioneers. That's uh, awesome. I mean, when you, cool. you think about it, uh, 10 years from now, we're going to double that number probably of wineries or Mm -hmm. Who knows more? And we were here first. And our goal with our winery is that we're not going to always be here. Eventually, mm -hmm. either because we don't, someone else is going to be producing LDV wine or, or or producing wine from this location. Our goal is to make sure it lasts the next hundred years. That we take such good care of our soils mm -hmm. and of the vines mm -hmm. that it will outlive <clears throat> us. And so. We're setting up a legacy for um, cool. wine grape growing and winemaking at this location. And how do you feel about that, Kurt, in regards to being one of the first people coming out saying, okay, I'm going to make wine. Is there, hey, is there a neighbor out there? Yo! With the well, big echo in the know, canyon. You, 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 you kind of get, get into a silo because you can get very confused based on what everybody else is doing because they're not doing it here. 
Okay. And um, but you know our goal was to make different Arizona wines. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why we chose this spot. I we are we are big, flavorful, full-bodied wine lovers. Mm. Uh, nothing. I don't like anything that's sneaking up on me. I want to get hit in the mouth. <laughs> and and so we weren't sure because we'd never tasted an Arizona wine that did that for us. So we didn't know if it was possible. Mm. I think we've proven. It is possible cool. to make a blockbuster red wine yeah, yeah. From, from southeast Arizona. Wow. And uh, I'm hoping that that is kind of the legacy. Um, it's higher risk. It's more expensive. And it's not for everybody. But I hope that other winemakers in Arizona realize that we've got a piece of ground here mm-hmm. that can make some big, really expressive wines nice. I and mean, this is this is a big viognier yeah it is mm-hmm. and this is as this powerful is, as, a, as really a, napa, a napa chardonnay mm-hmm. absolutely and um i i wish more people were doing that mm-hmm. letting the letting this place do what it wants to do instead of restraining it mm-hmm. or constraining it to fit some other mm-hmm. profile mm-hmm. oh yeah and it's the same with us magazine nancy the first thing we did all our market research and when we first started and, and went to people that you're supposed to go to oh well who needs another magazine and nancy and i looked at each other oh that's on game on game on game on and it is a risk and you're supposed to fit into these boxes and none of us you know i think it's part of the entrepreneurial spirit and so nancy wouldn't you say what they're talking about with risk it's risk because well, yeah. it's 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 but if you, huge. you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Exactly. And, you and have to even take if you risk. fall down, get back up. That's right. You know, and it's like, I would rather be true to what is inside you to do and your beliefs mm. and the art of it than to live up to what the typical expectation, you know, across the T dot the I, you're supposed to fit into this box because that's what we've decided. Mm-hmm. And I want people to understand or begin to appreciate that every place will produce a different wine. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if you are in the Finger Lakes area of New York mm-hmm. and you're tasting a Viognier there and they come to Arizona to us and taste our Viognier, it's going to be very different. It's going to taste different. The profile will be different, not mm-hmm. only because the winemakers are different, but because the grapes are grown in a different location. But, I just but got your bananas. So did you? I just got the green Congrats. banana. Yeah. Did you? I did. It's the only way I like bananas. It sneaks up on you. That or banana bread. That's and All of a sudden, I just went... I got the banana. Got the, that's that's isn't that exciting? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's the <clears throat> fun thing about wine grapes. When you ferment them and process them, they taste like anything but a grape. Yeah. And when you ferment apples or you ferment mm. uh, cherries, they're going to taste like cherry or apple. But a wine grape will taste like all different kinds of things. And you don't have to have weird textured fruit. No. You, don't. you know what I mean? Like you get that apple and it's like, mm, yep. you know, so this is good. Mm. I, I'm, I'm going for the wine version. Fun. Me too. Fun, fun, fun. Yeah. Cool. So everyone should know the website, ldvwinery.com and 15 years. So congratulations, you guys. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank, you. Thank you for the information, really. The experience of it's learning, you know. I agree about the land here. It's, it's sacred land that you're mm-hmm. on. And I think there's something that comes through in the glasses of wine that we're, we've enjoyed is that it's, it's something special and to do it right. And in closing, I, I, I had this question earlier and I just need to go back to it, is 
I want people to understand that um, farmers do care about water, and it's something we do need to bring up because there's you know there's there's belief until you actually go to where things are being grown and actually go and visit and understand. Farmers do care about water, absolutely, right? And but out in the desert, so people are like, "Oh, you're going to suck up all the desert water." Aren't vineyards pretty hardy in regards to the amount of water they need compared to some crops? The value of the wine grape compared to its water usage is off the charts. Mm. Um, uh, the, uh, the the vineyard takes very little water. One because we drip irrigate, so we're not irrigating land that's not contributing to the vine. Mm. We're dripping right on that vine, so there's no waste. Mm. Uh, and so the the grapes are very efficient. We are on the largest closed aquifer in the state of Arizona, mm. and our water table's actually gone up a little bit since we started this. But you're always concerned about water because well, yeah. the one thing I'm sure about, I can't pick up and move that vineyard. Mm. Mm. And so that vineyard had better be sustainable from a water standpoint way, way, way beyond where we'll ever be. So that that was one of our first uh, evaluation points when we when we were looking sure. for a site hmm. for our investment, uh, and it's an investment because it's stuck here, hmm. and uh, so water is very very important. Uh, they grow a lot of Arizona is a huge agricultural state, and um, it grows some of the best produce mm-hmm. and fiber products in the planet, but some of them are very high water use. And uh, the city of Phoenix actually uses less water now than it did when it was 100,000 people, and it's 5 million now, because they've transitioned from cotton and those very, very high water mm. crops to, to housing. Oh. And they use less water than a, than a cotton plant. Wow. And vineyards and so, are good. Vineyards are low water use crop. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that um, wine grapes... Uh, originated in Persia, which is desert. And so we believe, you know, it's time that it's come back to the desert. And it's a very efficient crop. And uh, we manage our water. It's very sophisticated and we manage it very effectively. Well, you guys are very sustainable and also vegan. Yeah, that's something people should know as well. So again, everyone, LDV Winery, thank you so much. Thank you for dinner. Thank you for the wine Mm. tasting experience and for the fun. Awesome. Thank you for listening to Big Blend Radio's Wine Time with Peggy show. Keep up with LDV Winery at ldvwinery.com. Keep up with Big Blend Radio at bigblendradio.com.